Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. Those that are new to the show, welcome. Those that are old to the show, welcome back. This is going to be a mega short intro, and uh, it's going to be a record because I'm driving to Cornwall tomorrow for gigs. Yes, comedy is happening again. Weirdly, this episode was recorded during lockdown when there was no gigs, and we were complaining about that, so it's uh, an irony that the gigs should start, and this, we talk about the end of them, end of days, and the apocalypse that comedy is completely decimated. But that's a bit of fun, eh? Hey, weird the way things happen but this recorded at Christmas with a very funny and inventive comedian called Joe Foster if you ever see him on a bill go and see him he's an excellent comedian he's on Instagram he's on Twitter he's on Facebook go and check his stuff out he's absolutely brilliant he plays all the major clubs like Top Secret all these places but he lives in Brighton so if you're ever down with the Brighton Fringe go and check out his show he's got a show coming out called Joe Foster Hits the Roof and he's been writing that over the lockdown and I guarantee you it will be an excellent show so go and check him out so that's it for this intro this is episode 89 with joe foster enjoy so joe welcome to the comedy defect thank you for giving me an hour of your time and uh how, right. have, how have you been what have you been doing um <laughs> hello <laughs> like, yeah i've been great man i've been pretty good i well it's been like pretty amazing really i mean i kind of got i got furloughed which was pretty pretty awesome, and I, I live in Brighton. I'm coming to you live from the city of Brighton mm. at this uh, at this moment in time. I basically I just chilled out on the beach for about six months because it's right down the road from my house, and then um, sort of watched the chaos from. I've got Waitrose opposite me, and the queuing became quite aggressive. <laughs> um, so I was monitoring that. I was commentating over that on Instagram, which my girlfriend politely told me to stop doing about four days in. But I told her I'm making an online presence. It was pretty good. And then I found out. So, you know, when we were really, 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 really locked down, I found out that I've got access to the roof through a loft hatch in my um, in my attic. Oh. So basically, when we couldn't go and sit outside, I had a nice place with a lovely view to just sort of chill out. Although Did... getting to the roof is a little bit dangerous, oh. unfortunately. Did you have a barbecue up there any day? So I haven't had a barbecue, but what was really funny is that everybody was appearing from their own respective roofs. Like literally, like I started off just me and then gradually everyone saw me and followed my lead. <laughs> so then I had a sort of a roof community. Nice. Um, I kind of just went up there, which was really nice when, you know, you were being moved along from anywhere just to be able to sit outside and have a beer. Because all these sort of all the, you know, so, you know, the generation before us, the luckiest cunts in the world. Mm. They were like, oh, you know, I can't believe these kids flouting rules. But if you don't have a garden, you don't have a garden, do you? And no one has a garden because it's impossible. So unless you have a garden, do you have a garden? I've got a small bit out the back, but it's not really like a... It's, it's oh, like, mama. But I don't live... I didn't realise you were affluent, Winter. <laughs> I don't live in Brighton, though. You're talking about, like, the, the second London, aren't you, really? Brighton is, if anything, pokier. It's like Japan-sized places, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, true. I mean... But it's it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't also don't have a beach. I've got a canal, um, which I wouldn't go sit next to. It's you know it's not the nicest, funnest kind of most relaxing area. Pe people running by, running by, bikes coming by. It's just not a nice place to be, really. But well, yeah, what, got... what would have been nice is that so here obviously there was the community of judgment. So everything mm. you did was judged by people, and it was sort of felt a bit like being in a fishbowl when you're just sort of just walking along and everyone's like are you exercising oh really um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it was raining, there'd be people on uh, Facebook <sighs> being like, oh, no one's come down to the beach today. It's like, yeah, because it's fucking raining, mate. Mm. I felt sorry for so many. I felt sorry for so many people who were just literally stuck in. Because at least I found a little bit of outdoor space. But then um, I went. I, I mean, comedy collapsed. I know. <laughs> comedy pretty much collapsed. I, I've seen. I mean, it's been quite depressing. Where you've got people who I would believe to be headliners working in Tesco's and yeah. stuff like that, just to sort of make ends meet. And I mean, ha- gigging's been a bit of a mission. Because I mean, let's be honest, comedy promoters weren't that friendly before the coronavirus. This is very true. <laughs> so now when you're ringing them, they've got a million people yeah. who yeah. all want to get on. I've been doing some new material gigs. Mm. It's been a bit difficult to get anything anywhere near. Have you done anything? I've done like about four gigs since the lockdown happened. And I'm like, you know, it's just so it's so tough trying to get any any like. Uh, in fairness, I've sort of kind of went right as you said. There's so many people trying to get into these places. I was like, look, fine, fine. I'll do something else for a little bit. That's not a problem. I'll keep writing. I'll keep kind of keep home. Yeah. But there's so many people that are uh, further in the game ahead of me that I'm not going to get a look in. Do you know? It's, yeah. it's what it is. I'm you know going to be honest about it. There's going to be this as you say. You know, headliners are going for thirty years. They're going to be like, oh, okay, I need a gig. I'm like, oh. You know, you're lucky if you get a spot and you're so grateful for the spot if you get one because it's just yeah. so many people at it. The gig up in Hungerford and Adam Bloom was on the bill and like there's a couple of others of us and we're like, oh man, this is brilliant. Like, this is so nice. It was outside. And I was like, oh, I haven't had a gig in like months. And it was just, you weren't sure if like you were going to, you know, remember your set or it was going to go fine. But it was absolutely lovely and they were great. Like, it was just, it was such a different thing. I, I you know, had the lockdown haircut which means no haircut and yeah. like it was down to my shoulders at that stage. I was like I wonder if they like me with long hair you know so, yeah 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 so, I wonder how this is going to go yeah it was the, great the, mo- the most interesting thing I've found because I got a gig sort of by surprise they always come by surprise when you're like so I'd literally been chilling out I you know had the best tan ever and the thing is but my, my secret opinion is I, I'm not too much of a fan of comedy in summer in general hmm. that's the reason for the Edinburgh Festival isn't it because it moves up to where it's a little bit cooler yeah. but I kind of I got a gig and then I was so, so I was like trying to work out the 20 minutes I was going to do and I realized that this is all old shit now mm. no one cared. you had to change everything because my sort of thing of anyway so the other day I was in the thing I can't do now mm. do you know what I mean yeah. in, insert you know yeah. went on holiday oh no I didn't because you can't <laughs> so I had to go through Redundant. the whole set and it took about four hours just to, to be like, does this vaguely make sense now? Yeah. I've got a bit of a, a 20 that is all right. Because basically, and the only reason that that is, is because there's a cafe down the, my uh, literally three minutes away from me called the Artista Cafe. And they do new material nights on Tuesday and Wednesday. And he's still running because he wants to open. So yeah. that's his source of money. So luckily, you know, obviously other people have no, but I can get somewhere once a week. That's great, man. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I'm so jealous. Like, I mean, because you did my gig in in uh, Fisheries Wharf Cafe. It was great. Such a lovely, really gig. nice gig. Um, and it was just, it was great. It's, but and so not long after that, you did that gig. We were opening one up in Abbots Langley, and then it was like great. We had the first gig with Steve Carlin closing, 
it's great. And then we're like, yeah, we'll have you back. And then the first lockdown happened and I was like, oh, it was a theater room and everything. I was like, oh, amazing. Like, you know, and like the older kind of crowd were in, you know, the guys that just, yeah. they're just sort of like, they weren't like, you know, not saying pass it, but you know, weren't too old to be like, oh, this is, oh no. It was yeah, just sort yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. they were like just on, yeah, like like kind of like on, on the rebels of, of the eight. Still like, a bit cheeky. It. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. So yeah. they were like perfect crowd, man. And they were like, yeah, yeah. we'll come here. And there's people coming from Uxbridge to go there. It's like, we'll come and bring our friends next time. I was like, oh. And so that happened. First lockdown finished. Second lockdown wasn't on the cards. And then we're like, we're starting up again. We had a night booked and everything. And it's like, then the second lockdown took that all away. I was like, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that's so irritating. Oh, man. But like, so you're, that's so good, man. You got, is that the secret? Um, is that the downstairs little secret? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. Oh, the that's secret really nice. one. So, but because I live near, sometimes I'll fill in for other people when there's dropouts. But, mm. um, he does a, a Tuesday and Wednesday new material night. Although, to be honest with you, oh God, new material. I've literally, so basically, you know when um, you stopped gigging, you were mm. like, God, I miss gigging. Mm-hmm. I miss, I missed gigging a bit. I mean, some people, I mean, I'm watching some internet videos and some people are wait, making a real meal of it. Mm. It's like, dude, what? You weren't a person before. You can't mm. literally do anything else. Mm. It is just bullshit. But, um, <laughs> you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I, I enjoy comedy, but I also enjoy ice cream. Just find something else that you like temporarily. Yeah. Um, and actually, saying that, I have, I have taken up football since this lockdown. Oh. I think everyone started exercising a bit more, man. Mm. I think literally, I I always liked football. So early on in the lockdown, I was I went skateboarding. Oh, oh okay. Did <laughs> yeah. You, did you? Were you skateboarded before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought some more, and my um, skateboards. My girlfriend was like, "Why? Why are you doing this?" Because, the, you know, you're yeah. just going to hurt yourself. But she was like, <laughs> have fun, but yeah. you may break your ankle. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I went for a bit and I sort of reminded myself how much I sucked. I sucked originally mm. and now I'm I'm 10 years older. Yeah. So then I thought, oh, well, I'm actually, you know, I used to enjoy football. So I've been playing that. I've been really enjoying it. And I've spoken to loads of people who've done, who've just started things that they never probably would have done before because of the lockdown. Obviously, I mean, there's 60,000 people dead, but I've taken up football winter, which is the most important important thing i think so um, you're making a change <laughs> i'm making a change but yeah so i'll fit i'll fill in for people at artista i'll do some new material and that's what i was going to say i missed gigging i do not miss new material new yeah. material is still shit yeah. i literally hate i hate it and you you write down something that you got you're like this is a hundred percent gold sometimes i'll even like tell my girlfriend she'll be like that that's great and then you go there and then just nothing you're just like, for fuck's sake, what the fuck is that? I say this, right? You know, when sometimes, well, at a new material night, you're just full of comedians. There's no real audience there. And you sometimes know in your heart of heart that this is fucking good. And then yeah. they are totally wrong. And you know that when you go to a proper audience, it's like, look, I'm. sometimes you feel, I'm not even going to do this here because I know yeah. that this is going to work because it makes me laugh. And I know for yeah. a fact this works, you know? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, yeah. need your opinion. I know this bit's good. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. Mm. I mean, you've got to have that. And I, um, I mean, this is this is bad and a mm. sign of someone who is probably a narcissist. But <laughs> I will look at an audience and do a bit and go, I do not believe that that did not work. Yeah, like as in it, it does. You're wrong. Yeah. But um, yeah. that is a bad thing to get into. No, no but, uh, yeah, but I mean, of course, you don't do that for the good gigs. But it's for the new materials. Like, I think you should think about this. I think you need to think about this again. That's what it is, isn't it? Right? You you've not given this the correct amount of, of, of <laughs> yeah of justice and uh and weigh this up too much but no like i, I get it in the new materials i miss i'm do you, have you done the online gigs what's your opinion of those oh mate my opinion 
Jesus Christ. I think everyone just fucking stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Stop trying to recreate something. I mean, what's sad for me now, because obviously, you know, we were delayed by 20 minutes because I couldn't get my headphones in. I'm not doing that three times a week. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I like a podcast. Also, so you've got all the audience. They're in a gallery. You need their feedback to get Mm. anything close to what you would in live performance. Absolutely. But they also want their husband to pass them the crisps. Oh, come so on. you're listening to people. Have you done many of them? I did three of them, and I was like, uh, at the very start of the, the lockdown, and and I was like, okay, that w- it was fine. Uh, I, you just got to motor through it like with huge energy, and like doesn't it doesn't even matter. Uh, and that's the problem is like as you say, there's no feedback, and at the end of it, it feels like I put myself in the audience's shoes. It just I'm sure it, like it looks like a a home video that they've just managed to click on on YouTube and they've gone, what, what is this? This yeah. is, this is what, why are we watching this? You know, Who after, is this guy? Yeah, after like two minutes of watching someone else's home video, you go, no, I'm not watching any more of this. And, and people get more concerned with the comments in the, on the sidebar going, oh, they start chatting to each other. They, they don't even acknowledge yeah, you. Yeah. So it's, it's, oh, uh, that's horrible. I didn't realize they could comment. Yeah. That's, that one that's not good. safe as well, is it? Because mm. people are, people, people have proven several times. Do you want to hear my sort of, crazy opinion on that Go for it. um people have proven several times that they cannot be trusted in a comment section to be nice <laughs> but also the other thing is i think i mean this and this is um weirdly controversial but i think ban the comment section i think so too it's distracting and uh it was usually irrelevant to whatever's happening in the, the screen and and uh i mean ban them everywhere i'm oh, being everywhere. pretty militant yeah 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 like i reckon I reckon one day there'll be like that sort of like, um, I don't know, some kind of enough of this shit on the internet. Because it's not even good. It's probably meant even mentally damaging for the trolls. Because whilst they're on there fucking with everyone and saying that you've got a stupid chin or whatever it is they're saying, they're also taking time out of their own lives and losing time with their families. Mm. So eventually their wife will be like, well, he just sits on, this isn't a marriage, you know, mm. and he'll be like, I like telling people they suck. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah. but um, I'm not doing the on- online gigs. People can fuck off. I'm sorry. Mm. I will do podcasts. Mm. I love because it's, it's a conversation. Mm. There is no physical way you could get me to do a set on a, a live show yeah it's, it's like it's like this when you see people doing the vodcast now or like the you know the the video podcast uh, in fairness video podcasts are i think a hundred times worse than the actual gigs because yeah everyone is so forced and just like not being themselves it's like oh we're always this fun and entertaining <laughs> look at me being fun and entertaining it's like and then they're they're so aware that the camera's on and that you can't get a real person like you know interaction yeah, 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 yeah. and it's just really frustrating i'm like so i'm like i did one or two video podcasts i was like no i don't like how this makes me feel this all feels so forced i'm not doing this anymore i'm just gonna do the normal podcast because it just feels a bit more connected you know and it's a, i think it's better as an audio medium which is why phone calls are better than video calls mm. you know i mean you don't need to you don't need the pic i don't want to see I I actually think it would be quite interesting for people to hear this. And have you ever been like, um, used to listen to what podcast? I think it was the Ellis James and John Robbins one. Mm. And I listened to it loads before I saw John Robbins, I think it was, a preview. And I was like, this is not the guy's voice that I've heard. Like, as in, I think I found it quite interesting to find out what that person actually looked like and Mm. do a bit of research. It's a great way to get people to google you not that you know i want to be sick in my mouth for even saying that but <laughs> unfortunately it's the world it's the world we live in That's i just true. 
It's yeah. like the thing is though, I, I would have like to know, Joe. It was it a letdown when you went to see the show? Was it like, oh, this isn't the person I've built up in my head. This this guy should have been taller and like you know, more hench and like just more awesome. Unfortunately, and you know, luckily for John, he was actually more handsome oh, wow. than I thought. Fair yeah. Fair. I mean, you know, hey, that's, that's great. He's a, he was a nicer looking guy than he sounds. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit like, you know, when uh, this is years ago now, when, when Chris Moyles tried to make the venture from radio to TV. Do you ever, ever see that, that show on, on, on telly? Yeah, and yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And it was awful, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. no. Like, it comes across as like a big bullshit bully that just destroyed, like, just was mean to the audience. Whereas yeah. on the radio, it was great because we were like, oh, we don't have this uh, sort of imposing presence that could look. To potentially look like someone that would beat me up in the in the school playground and take my lunch money. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I mean he is one of those people from um, that you just go, what's your appeal? I just don't get. You know, <laughs> when you look at someone, you're just like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't listening to Radio One at the time. Hmm. Some people have an amazing ability of lasting. But when you're sort of like, how has this happened? Mm. I mean, this is going to sound bad, but Stacey Dooley, what the mm. fuck is going on? Like, she's pretty massive now. Mm. And it's kind of like just getting, I just watch her documentaries and just think, when you're interviewing someone, mm. you're surely you're supposed to be like impartial because you've gone there knowing that they're a people trafficker. So then being mm. a people trafficker, trafficker should not be but she just gets really angry with how could you do this da, da, da. but i think the key is like, well and basically it's louis Ferrer for me mm. um but you know i just get really stressed out and then so then there, there was the show that wasn't very good and mm. then she was everywhere and it's almost as if some people the bbc just goes no she's good no she's good yeah. no she's good no she's good until gradually you end up going all right yeah and then you find yourself going Oh, you know, I quite like Stacey Dooley. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, brainwashed. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. It's, it's like James, James Corden, actually. No, that's not fair because he was good in Gavin and Stacey, but... Right. I say it's drip torture, isn't it, really? They just like keep, you know... Okay, right. Okay, look, I'll say it. I'll say it. Joe, for you, right? You're from Brighton. When, yeah. did, you, when did you start comedy? I've started comedy probably about 10 years ago, which mm. is... Um, which is a thing I passed... I think it might even be more than that, you know? Yeah. But, um... I was 21 and now I'm 31 so yeah 10 years but I was very lazy for the first three to four years mm. and then it's picked up and uh, now I you know now well now everything's collapsed but before that <laughs> it was great <laughs> um yeah. but yeah I mean I think it's a really long it's a really long thing to start but I don't I can't ever see myself I've been annoyed at various things that have happened I remember one so at the Edinburgh Festival, I had died on my ass, and I went out. There was a guy and his son were standing who were in the audience, and the dad came up to him and was like, um, I don't know how you didn't just walk off. How did you not just walk off like that? Mm. And what I was concentrating on wasn't the dad. It was the son who was looking up at me, and I was like, I'm going to be like a fixture in your shared life, yeah. that terrible comedian <laughs> that you both saw. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. On his deathbed, you know, he'll be like, oh, oh, God, that comedian was shit. And the son will be like, I know, Dad. And they'll cry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's things like that. But, you just, you know, I try not to let them creep in. Most of the time it's good. Most but, of the time it's fine. But when, when was your first gig and what was the uh, what was the venue? I did the Jill Edwards course oh. uh, because I didn't really know. 
Everyone actually feels the need to justify the, a course if they've done it, don't they, really, mm. weirdly. Mm. I did it because um, I didn't know anything about it, and I thought it would probably be better to know something about it. Than, it didn't even The concept of just booking a gig didn't even enter my mind. I was like, oh, I'll just do this, and this mm. will tell me about it, and then I'll have more information. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So I did, so I did uh, there. And then the, the next one after that, I think, was at a place called The Latest Bar in Brighton, which is um, a tenu- terrible venue for comedy, but people keep trying. It's actually not that bad, but it's basically it's never packed. It was okay. Oh, I'm trying to remember my first death. That would be the really interesting oh, story. Was, okay, but what's the, was, was your first gig that went well then, obviously, after the school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one, well, they do. So people are like, oh, you can't count it, but they do one at the Comedia at the end of the course. And then the, the comedian's like really, really nice. Mm. So obviously you do that and then you're like, this is how things are going to be from now on sort of thing. <laughs> and then it takes you two years to get back there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I mean, have you ever have you done the Brighton Comedian I before? have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's just, the. I think it might be the perfect comedy room. It's lovely. Mm. I definitely don't think I've been to one that's better, but I'm not... Yeah, if I have done one that's similar, mm. the Glee Club in Cardiff, mm. but that's kind of a wider room. What mm. I like about the thing, the comedia is there's like a small room, and also I don't mind those black boxy rooms as well. But um, basically, that was it. That's the that was the first gig, and then I was like, yeah, I will definitely do this until I'm dead, and uh, this is amazing sort of thing. And then you get a big kick in the balls when you realise you've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's like, uh, so how many gigs in do you think it was when you realised that you hadn't completed it yet? I knew, I knew my second gig. Oh, fair play. Yeah, yeah. because you go from the dizzy heights yeah. and also because you're like, because you invite your friends, everyone just thinks you're like amazing yeah. sort of thing. So um, you're getting a lot of kudos in your general social life and you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. And then you go to like a real <laughs> room and it just is like oh actually this is hard and also the material as well you i think you realize when you're generally just sort of writing new things and going actually that's way better than what you're doing like if you watched a clip now have Mm. you watched like one of your first clips yeah i have yeah i've got i've got them on on my hard drive and they're just they're just i I just used to listen to all the audio stuff and i I, that was i hurt myself with that for about five days and then listen to them all and then i was like right i'm not recording anything again i'm just gonna make a note because i just can't take that anymore that's just not that's enough but yeah yeah, i've I've got i've got all those old clips of 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 the joy that i had the absolute sheer like bliss of being on stage anywhere and i was like i had a little suit jacket kind of thing going on i was like oh yeah i'm loving this this is great and then like oh my god it was like, but in fairness, like looking back, the joy I had it could not have touched me at this, you know, that utter self-belief and joy and, and, and without and, and lack of cynicism, man. It was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just so, I was, I was just, I mean, I was talking to my wife about it. It's like, like, she's going, look at you there. Look how, how much hope you've got. Look yeah, at you yeah, now. Yeah. You've got no hope. But that's and and I and I, and I kind of envy my my earlier self so much for like having all that hope and joy. And it's just you know it's a shame that it um it, I've got I've still got hope, but it's just like it's not the same. It's like you know it's not like a relationship. You know you kind of go yeah, right, yeah, yeah. your first love. It just and you're and you're like however many loves you have. The last one is like you kind of go I love you, but it's just it's not as um intense and yeah, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. fresh as it was before you know i mean i love comedy and i love writing jokes and i have the joy of the whole thing but it's that 
that first thing, you know, it's just you're never going to beat that. No, and you know that's it. And you, that's because you you meet people as well who are doing the um, gigs with you, and like that new material one I go to on mm. Tuesday where everyone's got five minutes. Yeah, and you meet people there that are like their first gig and they're really nervous. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I mean, like this is twelve people. I mean, yeah. you need to chill out. <laughs> um, but like they, it's really special and they have yeah. their friends and it's yeah. that, that's the thing I, I i like that i don't quite because obviously i've been around for so long now mm. what i really don't like is when you meet someone and they're like really sort of like oh my god rabbit in the headlights mm. and then they get really good and then they get really jaded yeah. i really hate that yeah. um i i've it's happened to about two or three people that i've known who are all now good but i just you know i always think if I could have caught you on that first gig and gone, why don't you just do something that doesn't make you as, I don't think, I think, yeah, I know it is a sad thing. I will come up with depressing truths, unfortunately. Um, But but I think what's lucky for me, I've always been pretty cynical about everything. (laughs) I was cynical when I started and like, I will complain about things. I'll complain about gigs and getting to gigs and, getting there and you know when you get to a gig and you're like everything is fucked the chairs are in the wrong place yeah. it's all i will do that internally or to someone that i know quite well i won't generally do it to the promoter I'll, you, you you don't do that do you sort of just pitch it and go should we move some chairs forward maybe or something <laughs> yeah you know but i will i will winch but the thing is like that's my natural personality so i don't think i've become jaded especially it's just maybe exaggerated that little part of you well that big large part of you you know uh, with more giving it more confidence that cynicism it's no i'm definitely right this is ridiculous (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. exactly do you remember your first joke my first joke was i had one about i think i had one (laughs) this is gonna be i had one about cheesy chips all right I had one about going into a pub and asking for cheesy chips mm. and then them saying, we don't do cheesy chips. And then I said, do you have cheese? <laughs> and they said, yes. And I said, do you have chips? And they said, yes. And then I can't remember that, but it was just some fucking yeah. classic. Like, it's literally yeah. like, I'm ashamed now. I actually have forgotten how it goes, but I think I've blanked it from my mind. But it's really weird because if people have been around for quite a long time, because obviously I haven't been gigging in Brighton for a while, so mm. a lot of people will... So it'll be like your birthday. And this is 10 years ago now, mm. right? And it'll be like my birthday and someone will go, what are you doing for your birthday? Getting some cheesy chips. Mm. And I'm like, it's, it's nice, but I don't even remember that yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? It can't have been that good. <laughs> Quoting jokes back to you is like, um, yeah, okay, thanks. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah good. no, no, I, I blanked that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'll just answer it honestly as well because I've completely. Oh no, we're going to thingy, you know? Because it's just like <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's such a but, reach. Um, yeah. It's such a reach back into the recesses of your mind. You're like, oh man, look, honestly, I'm way past that now. And like, you, like you've got some really imaginative material. Like, I like the Mugabe bit. You still doing that bit? <laughs> I'm still doing that. Well, actually, yeah, so I'm still doing that. But I think I got a message from, you know, what keeps me going during this? I think this is going to be a great fucking time check piece of history. Do you know what I mean? This podcast, because we're in it. We're in the thick of it, man. man. There's a pandemic yeah, and it's getting worse. Uh, exactly. So basically you're a comedian and then all your gigs dry up. And mm. then every now and again, something happens. So Top Secret is going to use that clip and they're going to post it the other day. And it was just a nice thing to get. 
just an email saying we've oh, da, 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 we've done some clips of you let us know the timestamps of the bit that you want us to put up and then going back and then being like yeah we'll use that and that's like you sort of get the email and you're like i am a comedian i've forgotten mm. about my whole other life you know mm. what i mean just you know it's just quite quite nice i'm doing the rob mugabe bit i originally came up with that in the bath and then at the pub i was doing it when I walk to the pub, but it's it's great. I mean, Robert Mugabe fits into pretty much every song. It's great. It's lovely. It's, it's lo- I mean, are you do you play music as well? Uh, no, I will only. Everything is about the least amount of effort. Everything. <laughs> so it's. I'll do a bit of singing. I don't. You know, per- person. I've got a voice that you can hear and know what the song is that I'm supposed to be doing, sort of thing. Mm. Not especially a singer kind of guy, but also I. You know. I want fans, you know, playing. Um, it's just something to carry, and mm. I just can't. I just can't commit to that, unfortunately. But yeah, never been musically talented, really. But do love a bit. Do love a bit of sing. Someone, another comedian, was saying, "Stop putting singing and everything." But I was <laughs> like the other day, and I was like, "I do have singy bits now." Mm. But I think it's quite. Good. I think if you can do it to a decent level, then you can. It kind of shocks people. I won't go into. I don't want, don't want to ruin it for you, mm-hmm. Winter. But I've oh, got a pretty killer joke about Warhorse at the moment. Okay. Um, and that's got some singing in it. So look out for that. Do you think Joe Joe Foster is going to do a musical in the next maybe couple of years when the pandemic's finished? If I could, if I no. So basically, in every situation, like today, for example, mm. I you know I need a I need a grown up. So I don't want to just wander into something. But if someone I knew was into that, I would be open to doing it. But I think it would be the weirdest thing mm. <laughs> ever. I can't yeah. I can't imagine it. Although you saying that has made me like I think I'd be more of a who what was Elton John, you know, because he gets the does he get the melody and then write the lyrics? No I think I could it. do that. Oh yeah, I, okay. All right. If if this is me being totally bold, because I've never even thought about this, yeah. but if someone gave me a song and was like, this has to be about chips, I'd be like, <laughs> all right, I'll give this a crack. I love I love the pull is back to chips again. The first, that, that's it. And cheese. If we have chips and cheese, there we go. And so like you won the Fosters 2015 South Coast Comedian of the Year Award. I uh, did. Joe Foster won the Fosters winner of the South Coast Comedian of the Year. Is no? Was there any there influence was- there? There's a lot of conspiracy theories yeah. about that. Um, I all I would say to um, people that thought that that was a conspiracy is, you know, look at my gig list. Uh, <laughs> I'm not profiteering off this that much. So yeah, I mean, it was good. That was good. Um, and I got a piece, a lot of piece in the newspaper or whatever. Mm. And um, it's fine. Got a couple of gigs off it. I'm not going to be too. I'm actually doing a gig for James. Who Oxen, runs yeah. that next week, I think, mm. in Petersfield? Because I had a really tough um, new material night the other night, and I was like, I could probably squeeze in another gig before Christmas. And you know, mm. when sort of gradually it sinks in, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I've got a Christmas gig in Portsmouth. Because mm. people sell it to you. I'm, I think I'm replacing someone else. And people sell it, call you up and sell it to you as if, like, hey, I've got a gig for you. And then you don't put everything together until you've stopped talking to them on the phone. And you're yeah. like, oh, actually, I've just signed myself up for something that could potentially be really irritating. But <laughs> hey, 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 that's show business. Um, thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but, but that competition was that competition was fun. 
I quite like Portsmouth because there is a real sense that any fucking thing could happen. There, a man got approached me from behind the stage to either hit me or hug me once when I was there. The compere oh. had to run on and show him back to his seat. Okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. rowdy. Okay. I like playing in Plymouth as well. Plymouth is like sort of like it feels more earthy down that direction. More yeah. stuff kind of goes, you know. It's like and Portsmouth the same. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. If you just look at the average person on the street in Portsmouth, they are probably about 10 times scarier than the average person yeah. on the streets in, in Brighton. So a, pretty, a great sense of humour, but ex- extraordinarily terrifying. Hmm. I would be interested to see, you know, because they've, they've got uni, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So I would love to know how those two worlds meet. I suppose I could talk to Sunjay Arif or something about what it was hmm. like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain places, I think. There's, it seems to be provincial. I mean, that's, that wouldn't probably be fair. But places like Worthing or something like that hmm. are always quite interesting as well. I don't know why that is, you know, rowdier. There's a really weirdly rowdy gig in a little tiny village called Arundel that's got a castle. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've yeah, done that a few times. It's an yeah. old jail, isn't it? The old jailhouse. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a very and the audience think they're funnier all the time than the comedian. You have to really it's like crowd control at the beginning, and you're like, okay, look, yeah. let's just settle settle into this. There are jokes, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's a very interesting uh, interesting gig that one, uh, and it's like it is like the fucking sea because but I was what well, I was closing there before whatever, yeah. and um, they heckled every single act, yeah, um, and then I came on to headline. And I was not getting heckled. And that's a really weird feeling to be annoyed about. You're like, well, you've heckled everyone else. Mm. Let's do this. You know, come I'm, on. Because I'd ready. rather get... I don't, <laughs> like a, I don't like a late on heckle. I'd rather we all establish that we're going to have a bit of back and forth early on. Because yeah. then I'll be in the mood for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they were just silent. And then at some point, somebody said something. So I turned around and I was like, all right, guys. And they were like, no, yeah, sorry, carry on. And I was like, mm. you've been, you've all been dicks all night. I don't yeah. get what is happening here. But yeah, I lo- I do love those ones, especially when it's like you go somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's the best way to make money out of comedy, totally. I've discovered. You set up a little place and everyone comes out and they're all, it's their big night out and you usually put on a curry or something like that and they're so pleased to see you. It's quite a nice feeling. Yeah, but why did you start in the in the beginning? Like, why did you start comedy in the beginning? So basically, I was. I thought that I was funny, narcissism. But <laughs> I thought I thought I was funny. Then my sister would be like, "Oh no, you can only do, really do it in conversation. You're not really. You're just funny in conversation." In my head, I was kind of like, "Right, this is something that I want to try." Yeah. And then basically, I tell you what happened is, um, <laughs> this is going to sound horrendous, <laughs> but all of the people that I was hanging out with, obviously, we were. I was twenty one, so it was the twenty one. 22 23 area of your life i hadn't gone to university because mm. i didn't have any qualifications and i was hanging around with people that started that's not friday nights out started dragging into the next day sort uh, of thing yeah so you would go home at you know for i would go home at four and say good night you know see you later and then they would be up until you know possibly a weekend mm. and i was a bit like not really feeling this vibe mm. but i don't i didn't really have any other um i had sort of some sensible friends and i just really wanted to get out of that situation yeah. so i thought if you give yourself something to do on the weekend yeah that you like doing then you will have a reason 
to leave basically no, for sure. so comedy was my reason to leave so then i started the course and then i met and then what was really interesting is i met people that i like you know i'm best mates with until mm. today and you i the comedy that my girlfriend has because obviously she's you know your partner has to have some kind of connection to this occasionally i could tell that there was a fucking pandemic on when i got booked for a gig so stephen grant's running all these fucking mad gigs in like pub gardens or something mm. and i got a phone call i was in aldi and he was like can you do this gig on friday and it always is like can you do it and i was like yeah i can do it i can do it and then um i knew that it was a pandemic when i went home and i said oh i've got a gig on friday and my girlfriend was like i'll come and i was just like you do not give a fuck about this but um <laughs> She, she comedy has now become interesting it's like in vogue again in her mind but yeah so she's always said comedy people are the best people they're the nicest people they're the friendliest people but yeah when i started out it was an excuse to go home <clears throat> which is odd now because it keeps me out of the house loads that's true yeah i mean you're just exchanging one uh, lack of sleep uh, hobby for another really isn't it Exactly, but my um, my mental health is much more sound with comedy, which actually is a really crazy thing to say. <laughs> God, no, I know I, yeah, there's limits, isn't there, to everyone's uh, mental strength and uh, stamina? Yeah, and uh, you know, I still then lived the rest of my twenties hammering it, but yeah. just not in that way. Yeah, fair. So yeah, it was. I think it was uh, one of the best things that happened to me, really. And so you said you're furloughed. What are you furloughed from? So I work basically. Luckily, I um, I have sort of worked in the periphery area of uh, international schools, language schools for the last four years, yeah. which is a fun job to do during the day. Uh, and I like working with teenagers, and they're all really. I mean, they're pretty weird. So yeah. they're from all over the world. So you obviously meet people from different cultures, and they behave in ways that you're like, this is absolutely insane. But yeah. it's yeah, it's like a really interesting job. So that's what I'm doing now because I'm pretty amazed by people who can make a li full-time living from comedy. I mean, those people can't now. Hmm. It's pretty much gone for the moment. But I think when it kicks back up, it will be kicked back up in a big way. Yeah. And I'm not usually an optimistic person. I think we'll be Drake. We won't be able to do enough gigs in yeah. about a year. This is a small hiccup. This is my, I'm going to love listening to this in a year. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do during the day. But I'm quite glad I had that because, I, and I said this the other day, I was like, imagine if in January I'd said, I'm going full time as a comedian. You'd quit your job, pandemic, unemployment, you know. Yeah, like, that's the thing. One thing is, is it's such a precarious career. And people just go full bore at it. I get it. It's like, you know, that Tony Robbins style. Yeah. Oh, burn your boats. Look, you kind of need a boat. You kind of need a couple of boats. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, you know, you, so you can't just constantly, uh, you know, rely on this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some emailing you. Oh, you need this gig. How much is that for? 50 quid. That's not going to pay my rent. That's not going to yeah. pay my electricity bill or my food bill. You know, it's like. Plus, it's usually 50 quid in a weird period, like five weeks. Yeah. So it's... money will come in at random times. Then you get the really weird ones where I had someone hold on to 90. I went to take, I think, about, I don't know, 90 quid or something out of someone's hand. And they held on to It's hard to get money off people. Yeah. And people will not pay you if they can. Yeah. Like, think of all the gigs that you know where there's, you know, in a small place, they're charging 20 quid a ticket yeah. and they're paying acts nothing. Yeah. Those people are stealing money, basically. Yeah. And they will try and not pay you. And also, yeah. um, I've met a lot of people doing this who have said to me, oh, yeah, no, why don't you just do this 
why don't you just do this full time? Be like, oh, how do you do that? Because you live in London and you're looking at the person and you're looking that they're a full time comedian and it doesn't really add up. And you're like, oh, you're rich. Yeah. You're really rich. And you're, living, and you're living with your, your parents uh, or, you know, you have yeah. an incredibly rich spouse. You know, that's what it is. Mm. That, um, that's why you can do it. I'm not bitter, but I am sounding like I am. But, you know, it, it would probably be my dream to wake up every morning and be like, what should I do relating to comedy today? Oh. But. It's for for some of us, we have rent and bills. Mm. So and and so you're you're. I mean, this goes back to your whole, I guess, theme of your life, Joe. It's like your your show was called Let's Get Cynical. You did that in 2018, right? Did that in 2018. Then now I've got the new one, which is oh. Joe Foster hits the roof. Right, and that is, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it at the Brighton Fringe. I'm going to do a couple of previews. I'm going to go to Edinburgh, but it's a half run. I'll do a half run at Edinburgh Hmm. and go. But I want to save up enough money so you can pay for the actual PR. Because when I did, that's the thing that I really regretted. Although, to be honest with you, I was speaking to some people who were telling me about stories where their PRs that they paid thousands of pounds for were turning up and going, so if you put it on Twitter, you know, and you're like, you're fucking hell, mate. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to do my research and get a good PR, go to the Edinburgh Festival and do a couple of weeks. I actually fucking really enjoy the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. My my girlfriend said my girlfriend said to me she was like, oh, I'm not worried about your mental stability about the Edinburgh Festival. I just think you'll get really bored, and that is exactly what happened. I, I like I wasn't like you know people have breakdowns, and I had some <laughs> I had some horrific shows. What it taught me is people should never give up, really, yeah. because. If you do a bad gig, like say for instance, I did that bloody um, new material one the other day, and it didn't go great, and it was like a load of. I started doing some new material that I know works at the end to try mm-hmm. and get them back, and that didn't work, and I was like, oh fuck this. Yeah. Because I haven't done another gig since then, I've been dwelling on that for about a day and a half. Mm. Whereas if you're if you're at the Edinburgh Festival and you die at half past eleven, mm. you've got another gig at two and another gig at five and then like another gig at nine. Yeah. By the end of the day, you're usually pretty much, oh. you know, three good ones and yeah. one bad one. So yeah. if everyone had, you know, it's a, I think it's important to just look at that and be like, yeah, I sucked, but I might not suck tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it just it's just, it's a numbers game, isn't it? You're, so your show, uh, let's get cynical, right? And then it it uh, that was yeah, that, was that the gig that you had the 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 father and son at? So no, that was a show that I did at the Edinburgh Fringe before, which was a two-hander called Jam Comedy with Mike Cox. Do you know Mike? Mike, I do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mike and I are lovers. <laughs> um, yeah, he's you know he started about the same time as me, and I really ever we've done two shows in Edinburgh together. <laughs> Start initially did one with another guy called Adam Race, who now is sort of a London business dickhead no i'm joking yeah. he's uh but yeah he stopped comedy mm. he won something there was a something called the squawker award in brighton then decided the comedy wasn't for him after performing mm. at the dome when i was in the final but i'm not bitter about it so me and mike and adam did the first show then i did a show with mike ne- the next year or a couple of years later mm. and basically we never had an argument once uh, yeah really for the whole run Really? Never had an argument. No, we just get on really well. And he's pretty chilled. I'm pretty chilled. I mean, don't get me wrong. That So that gig I was telling you about where I died on my ass, died on my ass for about 30 minutes. Oh. And then Mike, I could tell, had a glint in his eye. Yeah. You know when you're watching like a really good friend die and it can yeah, be like yeah. really funny? So... <laughs> 
he was laughing at me and I could see as I swept out and I was like, welcome to the stage, Mike Cox. And he could see I was walking off and I was like, oh man, I've just fucked that. But I could see a glint in his eye like, yeah. I'm going to turn this bloody thing around. And then I just watched him die for oh. 30 minutes. It was just so <laughs> funny. But yeah, those situations, man, we've done some horrific, we did a gig in a hotel once and mm. it was like paying, it was one of those corporate ones that pays you a lot of money. But I didn't get that the balance of that money would be that no one wants to see you and the organisers have usually just booked and then we'll you know it's like over planning isn't it and then mm. we'll have some comedians and then you know then yeah. the karaoke will start and then you know we'll do some orienteering sort mm. of thing so i went on and tried to do my set and they didn't give a shit i mean it was pretty bad it wasn't at the, the uh a woman said uh on my way out i heard a woman i think she actually said it to me she said that was awful <laughs> just the real point <laughs> blank you you suck which I thought was funny. And then I went and stood behind. I said to Mike, I was like, look, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to leave because I just, I've got to get out of here. That was horrible. So I went outside the hotel and stood behind a pillar and uh, heard a Scottish man leaving with his wife after the show. And he was like, they might think it's new comedy, but actually it's just shade oh. like that. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> but yeah, we've done some horrendous gigs. Most of them go good. I really do need to stipulate that. This hotel gig, it was for a specific company. Yeah, there was some guy, you know, one of those ones you can't really remember it, but you just remember people saying people saying money and you going, yeah, yeah sure, of course, of course yeah. I like money. Yeah, I've done this for like three years. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. this. It's, That's literally it. Oh, mate, like, I, I'd a, I had a corporate gig in Eastbourne. This is like, oh, this is like six years ago now. And uh, respawn it already. Like I'm, I'm, I'm where Eddie Izzard is from. So that was it. I was like, oh come on, and they're not ready for me yet. And so I went down there, and like I did, I had to do a recce of the this uh, printing company that basically wanted to get me down and just get some like, information on all of the people, so I could basically roast everyone in the. That's a good idea. Company. What a plan! And that, that's a great plan. And that was fine, but like I had about maybe ten minutes of stuff because they, they they gave me just like, oh, this guy's just a bit of a bell end, and this guy, you know, oh, you gotta, oh, he's just like, you know, he likes sandwiches, and it was just like, oh, there's not really much to go on here. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And at, at that stage as well, I'd like I, I wasn't that much of a skilled joke writer at all you know so i was no. like okay so now i was just like right i can't really pick much out of this did 10 minutes of that stuff about them and that was going great and then i was like okay i said i said out loud that's enough about you let's talk about me oh no and then they and then, and then they it went. tanked from then on man honestly oh. I, I got paid for like a half an hour set like in and it was in the room as you talk about the room right it wasn't a room you know the do you know the grand hotel in eastbourne Yes. Okay, you know that if you go upstairs, they have like, not a lobby, but like a sort of um, in-between landing bit with a large staircase uh, yeah, yeah, okay. section. If you I like. can imagine. I, I am standing at the side of the staircase and everyone's like basically oh, surrounded me and nah. so it was it was like you're, you're trying to heckle people and like so you're heckling you're basically like roasting people but you don't know where exactly they are so you could, like it's better when you're roasting someone head on rather yeah, than yeah, like yeah, yeah. rather than like people flanking you from either side you know what i mean so oh man i know i know how you feel man these ho some of these hotel gigs just not set up for comedy at all and they had nah. they had a separate room we could have done it in a separate room but no they had to have it in the weird space to make yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Oh, like, anyway. Just so it was ruined for yeah. everyone. Just so there was no energy, you know, built up at all, so you could, like, not riff on anything. Anyway, but, you know, it was funny. It was just, you know, it was a story. Is it for a paper company uh, in, in Eastbourne? It was for... God, that, that a paper company. Wow, yeah. it's got... That story is, like, the most British story I've ever heard in my life. I was doing a gig in the 
the Eastbourne Grand. Is it the Eastbourne Grand in a hallway for a paper company? Yeah. It's like <laughs> so savage. Did you get paid good money though? Uh, it was not bad at all. That was really good fun. That was great fun. It was. It was. In fairness, it was a. It wasn't the worst. Uh, the <laughs> that is definitely not the worst gig I've ever done. But you know, oh, all my bad ones are, are, are sort of blending in now mm. so i can't really remember specific instances but mm. i tell you what i find amazing some people have the uncanny ability to die on their ass and then stay in the building i i've just got to get mm. out mate i'm done i'm out yeah. I, if i fuck it i'm leaving the amount of people that just hang around after it's like you realize you just stank out this room and now you're like probably gonna grab a pint actually oh. i've been gone that's the lack of self-awareness that we all hope to attain in later years. Eastbourne is a really weird place. I was doing a gig in Eastbourne uh, and a girl, like it was after the gig. The girl, it was actually, she'd not gone to the gig and then turned up afterwards because she was at the bingo. And uh, she was doing that thing that cunts do, let's face it, where she was um, doing the, uh, so to this lovely man who I can't remember his name, she was doing the whole tell me a joke thing. Uh. And uh, I was watching her fucking with him and he was sort of trying to half play along and then da-da-da-da-da. And then she was like, what about you? Are you a comedian? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, tell me a joke. And I was like, no, because you've, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to play this game. I don't have to. I don't mm. care about your opinion. She was like, what do you mean? And I think that's like, a, that was an early glimpse. I think that was about four years ago. I think that was an early gl- glimpse to the entitlement that is now so prevalent everywhere. Because mm. she would just could not get her head around the fact that I did not give a fuck about the opinion <laughs> of someone who'd just come from bingo, yeah. who knew nothing about comedy. Yeah. I wasn't even doing the gig. I was like, you'll just have to, you'll have to wait till the gig. She was like, well, I'm not going to come to the gig. I was like, well, then. I think we're both fine. I mean, we're both fine, aren't we? <laughs> it did get to a stage where it's like, what do you, you know, I'm not going to do it. But uh, yeah, I do do, I, I, I will point blank just refuse to have that conversation with people yeah. and just say, I, I, you know, I really, I really don't care. Because the only thing that matters is that you're good on stage. Mm. That's why I think TV is so hard because you have to be funny in a sort of interview scenario and you have to have like banging stories ready and, mm-hmm. you know i think it's i think it would be really difficult because have you ever done one of those you know when people do i yeah these are my worst nightmare i hate these things you know mm. when people do like a game show but because they're not known mm. they do it in a venue uh, and they're like yes. the host and yeah. usually what it is is it's just a vehicle for the host to, to write horrible things that will trip up people mm. and they look amazing so I don't do I don't do them anymore. I find those things really difficult. Podcasts, however, I love because I can just sort of slag people off. <laughs> you know who you are, the people who do those game show things, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many shows have you done then? You've taken two up with Mike Cox and you've done... Uh, so Let's I've taken two up with Mike Cox. I've done Let's Get Cynical. I've done like other things. I've done the Brian Fringe every year. I did Camden Fringe one year. I always find found Leicester quite difficult to book, but I'd like to go to Leicester. Mm. I haven't done that yet. There's so many things I haven't done. This is the new show, and I think I was supposed to do this show in May, but it didn't happen for obvious reasons. Now, I'm not glad about the pandemic, but I think that that show now is going to be way better than it was. I might have forced myself to do, you know, to put something together, but I'm much, I'm much more happy that I've got, I've got so much stuff now, and you can kind of. This is, I think, quite a unique opportunity because everyone's so go go go. The pandemic's been like, actually, chill out for a bit. Focus on your material. I've really enjoyed writing new material, especially new material about the um, 
pandemic. I've not got too much, but you know, it's quite a good challenge because everyone's mm. making jokes about it. So if you've got a good joke about it, that's pretty awesome because mm. it's literally the only thing that everyone's talking about right now. But yes, yeah, so that was the new show. I like the show Let's Get Cynical. I'm not 100% that I could remember it all. Now, I'm going to get someone to bloody direct this next one. Mm. I'm going to go proper. Oh, yeah. Because um, I've got a friend who, you know, you have all these comedian friends and you never like, so someone, say for instance, like Phil Jared. Do you know Phil Jared? Mm, name is Bill. So basically, he like um, is like really good at just looking at material and going, have you thought about doing this? Mm. So I'll meet him in the pub. I never help him with his material because mm. his material's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I will meet him in the pub and be like, can you listen to this recording? And he will listen to it and, and come back to me and go, this, 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 and this, you need to change. And That's it just great. makes it so much better That's if you have a friend that can do that. So I'm oh, going to you you throw like everything at it, this one. And I think it's going to be super fun. I mean, it's really important to have someone that's like, I mean, I guess that more experienced than you, is he? So he actually started after me, but he's signed to Curb. He's done loads of things. He's mm. got, basically he writes in, so I would say that he writes in, um, if you're talking about music, I'm mm. using a music analogy that's going to be extremely cunty. Um <laughs> He write, I write in beats, he writes in bars. So nice. he will be able to write a whole thing and he'll write, what he'll do is he'll write it out and he'll read it off the piece of paper, but it will be a page and mm. that will be one topic sort of thing. It's okay. actually pretty crazy. I know Whereas saying, I will write in one, is chunk, that funny? A chunk yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. I know what you're saying he'll pick it apart, like take a bites off it, walk around, take another bite off it and then put yeah. it in the order. But okay, so with that, how, like how do you... How do you like do you, with joke writing and stuff? Do you do like seven jokes? I know that Julian Dean does seven jokes a day. How do you like? Do you go like okay, right? I'm going to focus on this one bit today, and then once I've done that bit, I leave it. What do you? How do you do it? Do you know what's quite? Do you know what was quite interesting that I've I was thinking about today mm. is um. So you know how we were all trying to do six gigs a week, and if you don't mm. do that, then you're cast into hell and yeah. you deserve to die yeah. Yeah. and you'll never be successful mm. and everyone hates you. Mm. I'm not entirely convinced. Basically, this pandemic, every time I've had a gig, because they're so few and far between, number one, I'm excited about them. Mm. Number two, I've got loads of things I want to try because I've been like, oh, that's quite funny, or mm. maybe I could do something with that. So I don't know whereas when you were doing so say for instance i'll do the new material gig every week then i'll probably in peak time peace time i'm gonna say because that's the phrase that's going go around you'd probably do one or two others maybe three if i'm really busy but you will be so rushed your life is so rushed because because unfortunately you know you have a day job and other things and you're supposed to be doing and maintaining a relationship and yep. all the other things mm -hmm. that you will get to those gigs and be like i'll oh, just do the same fucking thing <laughs> totally, totally yeah <laughs> whereas if you have the time and you've spent time at home you've met up with friends you've you know you've got you're you all have more ideas those ideas will probably take longer to make good i don't know no, whether I, I don't know whether this is true but I, that I was just something saying. I was thinking. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit of separation from the from the comedy to make it good as a bit of thought space yeah. to, to just get, you know compartmentalize that that because of that creative area. Otherwise, you're just jaded and burnt out and just like just you're you're at the coal face if you like. I know it's that that is such a bad analogy for comedy. I really think yeah, cold, yeah, it's yeah. not a coal face. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit difficult to sit mm -hmm. down and start writing the jokes. A coal face. Come on, it's just your mental health. You're just trying to keep buoyant and 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 
fun in that moment but because you've been it's such a it's hard in in trying to keep your mental you know yourself your mental stability and 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 buoyancy uh, seagull and so that's a, that's the only hard thing it's not a cold face come on you're not shoveling tons of coal a day it's you know yeah it's, if it it's were, a sort of social paranoia face yeah um, it's like oh this could this this joke could be potentially embarrassing if i don't put enough effort into it and that's the only fear really isn't it i could end yeah. up looking a little bit crap yeah so basically i know for example for, for example i've had a year to do this show I think I have a strong 20 a week, 30 at this point. I'm not doing it till May, so I'm mm. not really that fast. I know for a fact, if I had 50 solid minutes, you'd still be like, shit, this is going to suck and mm. write some more. If you thought you were done, you're never done. So exactly. it, it just it all keeps changing. Yeah. So you're never going to get to that moment where it's like totally content. Mm. I think maybe at some points of the Edinburgh Festival, I was like, oh, this is... A, this show's pretty done now. Mm. But then something that would happen like a couple of days later and be like, oh, that's actually really funny. I've never thought mm. about that. Which is actually really annoying because you, when you think about it, you're striving for something that you never actually would achieve. Yeah. <laughs> but then, <laughs> I mean, you know, what's the, what else are you doing? That, exactly. <laughs> you're just living. You're living for you rather than living for someone else, isn't it? It's yeah. like, this is, this is for me. This is, I choose to do this. It's like, you know, okay, here we go. Matrix analogy, because I choose to, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. And Smith. Did, you, did you find it weird being, um, normal life is shit. Uh-huh. I, you know, when this all started and um, my boss came up to me and was like, you're going to have to leave work. And I was like, okay. Mm. And she was like, you're going to have to leave work and not come back. We're sending you all home sort of thing. And I was like, okay. So I got home and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I kind of just sort of like started drinking, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <laughs> When and then when I got back to work, I was going to work and then coming home, and there's no gigs, and I was going to work and coming home, going to work and coming home, and I don't yeah. think I've ever been so fucking bored in my life. Yeah. And people like I will talk to people who will be like, "There's a guy that I work with who's the IT guy, mm. and he is so content." He's like, "Oh yeah, no, couldn't couldn't imagine going there on a weeknight." Oh yeah, but I just can't do it, man. Mate, Got to be out there. I feel yeah exactly I feel like you know life is is kinetic and I need a bit of momentum to keep me like you know kind of the joy to to spread that in my life if you know what I mean it's like I'm otherwise just sitting there staring at like Netflix all the time going what I'm going to choose yeah. today it's like oh my god. god is that sad oh I've actually nearly completed the list that people all the comedians gave me to watch this is uh, I don't I don't I'm this is a lose lose here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, and there is nothing I mean there's like some I've really gotten into the crown that's pandemic oh, for you right oh, there. My god. I know, yeah. Literally, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> my, uh, I, do you know what? I will say this: I've I've dipped in and out of it because my wife and daughter love it, and like they they love it. But I, Gillian I, Anderson, she, I think she, everyone's bagging on her about Margaret Thatcher. I thought she did great, to be honest. Yeah, I watched. Um, so I'm not up to that bit yet, but okay. I watched her recently in that one where um, Jamie Dornan's the serial killer. I can't oh, remember what it's fall. called. The fall. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right, but she started to really do my head in. So oh. I'm quite glad I've not come up to her yet because it, it was caught kind of like a little bit like, oh, I'm a bit full, Gillian, of this shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, her voice as well, her voice, her vocal cords sound absolutely hammered, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like, yeah. What's happened? And, uh, I think the Thatcher, the Thatcher one's quite hard to get, um, quite hard to get right. 
That, yeah. Did you see that uh, Meryl Street Meryl Street film? No, I didn't see that one. The Iron Lady so, didn't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's all right, but it was really funny. I think they interviewed her family, and and I, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but I think they basically said, "Oh, she's actually much more of a bitch." So oh. <laughs> yeah, they like say so they said the Meryl Street one was a bit too soft, and Meryl the Meryl Street one is hard as fucking mm. nails. So yeah. like literally, the mm. woman, formidable woman. Not that that sounds like a compliment, but that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm doing. But um, <laughs> just in case, just to assure the lefty liberal fucking twats, you're bright and you'll be burnt out. You'll be like there'll be pitchforks and torches at your uh, your door. I think I'm a bit of a sort of oxymoron for Brighton. I always say to my girlfriend, it's like I don't like culture, but I like having it around mm. sort of thing. Where I love it here, and I love that people can wear silly hats, mm-hmm. and you know do whatever they want to do <laughs> but like sometimes you do get into situations where you're like i mean can we not just do something normally for, for once yeah. like the brighton fringe for example <laughs> the brighton fringe is great but i i wish they sort of had a hard-nosed business person running it to mm. a certain extent i mean all of those fringes are same are the same to a certain extent i think I think they there could be a lot more because say for instance the this is going to be bad I'm going to burn some bridges now but the website shit I don't think it's hard I don't think it's too harsh to say the website shit you can't buy tickets someone someone so they did a little fringe that they didn't promote during the pandemic that was actually really good though thank you to the Brighton Fringe because I've got like some material out of it and it was nice to do a longer set and blah 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 whatever um, but I had someone give up. Because they couldn't buy tickets. I said, can you do this? Why don't you reserve it? They, then the other venue, I was like, can you put tickets by for someone? The woman was like, oh, we can't do it, but they can buy it through our website. He just gave up. He just didn't come. Oh. And imagine the amount of people that are like, oh, I don't, oh, the Brighton Fringe, we never yeah. go and see anything. Let's yeah. book something. Make it easy. And the website's shit. Oh. I mean, I can buy, you know, how hard is it to buy something online? Yeah. Everyone does it thousands of times a week. Yeah. But they can't get that right. I've got several. I've got several problems. Apart from the Brighton Fringe, because you uh, issue down, in, which is online, isn't it? It's pervasive. It's everywhere. Then really, because people can't buy tickets anywhere they are. Um, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Do you have you ever kind of gone? Well, you know what, right? I'm in Brighton. Let's try and wear a weird hat just to see how it makes me feel. Because you could do anything really, just as a social experiment for yourself. There, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this is it. Well, that is how I became Pan. No, um, no. <laughs> but you know, I, new show. No, I, I. The problem. The problem is with me. It's like I think I've worn pretty much similar clothes throughout the whole of my twenties. Mm. I don't have the body shape to pull off leather jeans. Let's put it like that. Right, right. I think. I think if you're doing it, and I see loads of people who look great on the street, and they, mm. you know in faux fur or, or dressed like Father Christmas in July or mm. something fucking nuts. And I think, you know, good on you, but I just can't... Subscribe to any of that, no? No, well, I just... I've got... My other main thing is I'm just like, I'm just too busy. Mm. I'm too... Like, <laughs> but we've all got friends, haven't we, that will, that will try different... You know, those like sort of chameleon friends that go with every single trend. I've got too mm. much on, man. I've got, you mm. know, <laughs> although not really anymore. Yeah. I was literally just about to say the sentence. I've got to go to Petersfield in four days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is no comedy left. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm busy. I can't be asked for that shit. All right. But so good luck to them. As a comedian, uh, like everyone talks about, you know, I, I gave that awful, awful attempt at analogy with a coal face, right? And you're not a miner. Right, yeah. we're not miners. 
But yeah. as a comedian, what would you see yourself as like that kind that kind of a, a trade or a job? You know, like I like to ask, it's a hard question to kind of like pigeonhole yourself into this thing that you, you, you imagine yourself as a model of uh, a being. It can be any job. It could be a, an animal. But what do you see yourself as a um, as a comedian in that? You know, is it hard? Do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. So if like, you know, so you, you know, pick, how, what do you picture yourself as when you go on stage? Like if you're an animal or you're like a, a worker of some kind, that's easier. Yeah. So I will, can I have some examples of things other people okay, have said? Right. Or okay. do you think that will tar of, me no, with? Of co- no, of course. No, that's fine. Look, you don't have to, you can be whoever you want to be. There's no winning this. It's just, you know, you just say what you think you are. It's like Sean Mio, for example, is one example I always give. Sees himself as a gun for hire a gunslinger however you feel i see myself as a as an emergency heating engineer (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah come to service the boiler because people you know if if you don't turn up to a gig have you ever been one of those ones where you haven't i was with um, a comedian and they got lost on the motorway and kept Mm. on making the wrong turning and i was supposed to be emceeing and I, i rang up the woman who was running the gig and i was like look we're not gonna be here you've got to get someone else there luckily dinesh Dinesh Nathan was there so I was like just get him to do it and um, she was like understandably really Mm. fucked off and Mm. I was like I know this is bad but this is the situation we're just gonna have to roll with it what I think is funny about comedy it might not be the most interesting answer you've had these disorganized people Mm. are essential do you know what I mean if you're gonna put this if if you don't turn up they're fucked yeah totally. (laughs) so I just find that a really interesting it's nice to know you know a lot of promoters do not check i will talk to someone about a gig in in may for example Mm. in about two days time and they will just trust me to show up but also the other thing that's an an analogy is we do bring the warmth winter oh look at this um (laughs) bring the heat the heat bring the heat baby it's it's like now we're like talking like in nba terms i mean here we go Uh, yeah I don't. I don't think it's the most glamorous option that you're going to get, but I think it. I think it's like pretty true because it is. To, it, I find it. I do find it amazing. That right. a, a, quite an amazing thing yeah. to be able to do. Yeah. Just to get a situation and be like, oh, I can deal with this, and then just talk at people, and they really enjoy themselves. I, I'm not. I'm gonna. Not, I'm gonna continue that analogy any further. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. You brought the heat, mate. I like that. Everyone needs hot water in their life, right? Everyone needs. The Everyone heat, does. Yeah. And there was a girl I met, um, there was a girl I met on the beach who I didn't like and she didn't like me this summer. And she said that I looked, one of her insults was she said, I looked like I worked at British Gas. So now that's echoing through my, my life clearly because I'm bringing up gas engineers. You know, I mean, fairness, right? An essential, you're a key worker, an essential uh, worker for this, these times. I'm essential, Uh, mate. Mate, that's it. That's it. Joe Foster, the essential worker. Okay, yeah. the guest. Who brings man. the heat? Baby. Brings the heat. Bring the. I'll come. <laughs> that should be on a poster soon. Brings the heat. <laughs> what else is a plan for the next year? Just hone this show. The Joe Foster hits the roof. I'm gonna make it good. I'm gonna drop into some other place. I might do a smaller festival. Mm. But is it there? Is there a rule about that? Taking it to other festivals, you can't be eligible for something. Can you? Uh, Not that I'm, you know, in line for the award, but I would like to know the regulations. I'll Google it. Don't worry. Yeah, I think, so. I think there is. I think there is. But, you know, it's like yeah. it, it, it's you know, only if you like like you do a small preview. But I think the, the, the trick around is to do a different name. Yes, that's good. It's so Joe one. Faustino will be doing lots of smaller yeah. festivals. Yeah, um, that's it. 
so basically yeah so do that uh make the show good yeah. and just sort of work out what the fuck is going on i mean i suppose none of us can really make any plans i've got an airbnb in tenerife in august oh, but nice. it's not probably not going to happen yeah. um keep doing whatever i can do what people will allow me to do i think by the end of this year i'll be quite happy with where i am again mm. material wise that's always what that's mm. always what keeps me going really all right kind of hold the show get it as good as possible and uh wait for your airbnb in tenerife to hopefully materialize and then at some point go to the edinburgh festival but right. i want to look at what they put in the way both yeah. us all having fun before I commit to that. Well, but of yeah. course, like the, the 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 price of like accommodation and also PR. <laughs> Dude, oh we didn't even have time to bitch about the fucking Edinburgh Festival. Mate, but... It's all right, another time, another time. Yeah. So look, so where can we find you, Joe? You can find me on Instagram at Joe Foster Comedian on Facebook at Joe Foster Comedian. I've not got a TikTok because I'm not a 12 year old girl, but <laughs> I I will. I actually have one, but I never use it, so yeah. don't bother with that. You can find me. Do you know what? This is going to be the worst part. You can find me on email. Um, yeah, yeah. You can get me on the phone. Yeah, no, good. yeah. I Writing will be. Roof. I will be somewhere near you. If right. you want to message me on Instagram, I'll tell you if I'm if I'm going somewhere near you soon. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Joe, thanks for coming to the show, man. Uh, and good luck with the Joe Foster hits the roof, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Thanks, man. And have a good weekend slash lockdown slash christmas not to timestamp it oh yeah merry christmas to you too man merry christmas man catch you later and that was episode 89 with the excellent joe foster he's on instagram he's on twitter he's on facebook go and see him live everything's starting to move now and all the comedy gigs are opening up so go and check him out all the fringes he's going to be playing that show joe foster hits the roof He's an excellent comedian. So this intro is going to be really short. You can find us on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. The Comedy Defect. We've got a Facebook group. You can like the page. You can donate to us. Go to Patreon. Type in The Comedy Defect Podcast. And donate as much as you feel this podcast is worth. And if you can't donate, that's okay. Share your favorite episode. Tell your friends about it. Tell people where we are and what we're up to. And go on the whatever platform you find your podcasts on and leave us a nice honest review because that really helps us as well but until the next time i'm going to make this intro really really short we've got another excellent comedian he's gigged all around the place he's done the fringe he's done top secret he's on the comedy store he is from birmingham direction he is jay handley for episode 90 that's episode 90 jay handley that's the end of september and, and all i'll say is enjoy the rest of your august i'm gonna just get this done and get this out because I've got to drive to Cornwall tomorrow for a gig. Until the end of September, I hope you had a great August. See you at the end of September.